0: hey friends welcome back to another episode of the shift podcast a show focused on bringing you kingdom-based perspectives on today's hottest topics today you'll be hearing from Susanna Kaufman and Antonio Fenton as they discuss their thoughts and responses to COVID-19 Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening to uh, just like another one of our episodes of The Shift Podcast. Um, Today we are going to be talking a little bit about COVID and just the church's response to it and uh, like what our own responses have been here in our own communities um, you're gonna hear from myself, Susanna Kaufman, and my dear old friend Antonio Fenton. Hey, Hi, Antonio. <laughs> um, but before we start, I just uh, want to just kind of give like a disclaimer that um, we know that this is like an extremely intricate topic. Like this isn't something that we're going to be able to have a cut and dry beginning and end um, answer to, and that our goal today really isn't to lead us like to one side or another of the party lines or to convince you to believe something that you don't have a conviction about. Um, But really just to give you like a holistic view of how we've seen COVID affect our own lives, our own community, and also just like the prayer and wisdom that God has given us about it. So as always, like with any shift podcast episode, um, we just want to encourage you after listening to go into the Bible yourself, you know, learn from God, um, like seek counsel, seek prayer, and really just find like your own personal approach to this in your community. Um, But with that, yeah, I am Susanna Kaufman. Um, A little bit about me. I am a recent graduate from Kansas State University. I got a degree in secondary education with a concentration in speech and theater. And a fun fact, you can probably find me most of the time uh, creating new Spotify playlists for me and my friends to listen to. So hit me up on Spotify if you have any requests.
1: Yeah. And um, my name is Antonio. I am a student here at Kansas State uh, studying hospitality management. Um, And a little fun fact about me is that I've played the tuba for nine years and I have played it here in college and um, I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, uh, hire Antonio for any of your uh, tuba (laughs) needs. (laughs) Maybe not
1: hire me, but I can definitely connect you to one of my more talented friends, for sure.
0: (laughs) He's just being humble. But yes, so uh, we're just so excited that we get to have a conversation with each other today. Um, Antonio Mm -hmm. and I are friends outside of this, we promise. So (laughs) it's cool to just get to talk about it together. But uh, yeah, just to kind of like dive into just like COVID and this... Uh, pandemic. I'm really curious, Antonio, like what were your initial reactions to when this all went down and what do you feel like God's kind of revealed to you since then?
1: Um, I think my initial reaction was definitely just uh, being overwhelmed with like the, you know, the immense uncertainty that the whole pandemic brought. Um, Just everything getting Mm -hmm. canceled so quickly and so definitively, I think is what really Um, kind of shocked me and how quickly uh, my plans for the semester my plans for the summer what I thought was going to be you know a really exciting year of my life um, just those plans crumbled um, pretty quickly and um, and so just kind of in a way just being paralyzed by that and Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of being paralyzed and in just fear of not knowing you know why why is this happening what's going on uh, what, what's the big deal, right? I mean, what's, Mm -hmm. uh, what is this new, you know, sickness that is, um, going around, um, kind of just that, that fear, um, of, of not knowing, uh, quite how big something really is. Um, but I think what God revealed to me in, in like the initial time, um, was just like, I could take a step back and really enjoy things that I had taken for granted in my life. And so, um, during the first lockdown, I uh, decided to go home and uh, spend it with my family. Um, and so that was really nice to just spend more time with them and really kind of, uh, God show me things that I just took for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, just good health, um, just like financial well um, things like that. Uh, God just showed me like, hey, I've been providing these things for you all along, mm-hmm. um, but it took a pandemic for you to realize <laughs> them. Um, and that. so that was <laughs> that was really cool. And I also think um, just like just having a a, a personal personal trust and um, just personally relying on on God through it, and really just having to kind of trust in what He was doing, um, and not not grow complacent towards it not grow um discouraged but just trust in what he had for sure
0: yeah that's so true it's uh definitely just been really cool to see um like the mindset shift in a lot of people especially like a lot of christians during the pandemic um and i definitely that rings true for me as well that like paralyzing fear because honestly like there when this happened like there was no blueprint like there was no yeah. you know, guidebook to follow. <laughs> yeah. And um I think I speak for both of us and both of us very much like um rules and parameters. For sometimes. sure. For sure. Um and so like that was like I think one of those really paralyzing things. And so I'm I'm curious like what, what do you think drove that initial fear in you?
1: I think the fear in me was driven by just this fear of um getting others sick or my like myself getting sick or and and spreading it to others i think that was like my biggest fear was like if i got someone else sick like what's the repercussions of that or like how i live my life how that's um affecting someone else i think that was that was kind of um the core fear that really like um paralyzed me during this like new pandemic time Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. that's so true and it's so interesting um because you know my my initial fear, I think the root cause of both of ours, or the root goal for both of them, was very similar. But I, um, as an education major, I at the time was student teaching, and so with my student teaching, I was in a classroom with a lot of students in um, a Title One school, which really just means that a lot of them, uh, you know, are, are living at or below the poverty line. A lot of them are really struggling, and um, my fear came from knowing the environments that. A lot of them were going to be stuck in, like once that stay-at-home went into place. Um, and for example, there was a student of mine who, um, uh, like one of the sweetest kids, total goofball. But when the stay-at-home happened, uh, we didn't hear from him for two weeks, and no one could get a hold of like a family for him. No one um, could figure out like why he wasn't in any of our classes, why he wasn't showing up. And uh, we actually found out because of a news article that during the two, the first two weeks of stay at home, both of his parents had been arrested for domestic violence and he was now somewhere in the foster care system. And that was something that had we been in person, you know, had we been in the classroom, we would have noticed the very first day when he wasn't at school, but because we didn't have access to him, because we didn't know where he was at, um, it just took so much longer and it just, it broke my heart because my fear was, yeah, just like protecting those people who are now stuck in environments that I wish they weren't in, um, like wishing that people could still be together. And it's just, it's interesting, you know, both of our fears were really about like protecting people and how can we love people best and how Mm. can we take care of people best? Um, And so that's just really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, and like you said, that whole idea of just uh, not having a blueprint for it Mm -hmm. um, is what is is scary. And and like you brought up, I, I think um, we often have had to find this, this balance of, you know, um, the idea of the stay at home order, protecting people's health. Um, but the repercussions that has of people being stuck at home without access to the resources, or like you said, just the connection to school, to someone who can be a, um, kind of a, an alarm in a way of if something's going wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it can be, it can be somewhat overwhelming to think about. Mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, like this whole thing can have really negative effects for sure. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really true. Um, It's, it's just really interesting, you know, like obviously we take into account that there's like a lot of grief with all of this, like a lot of, you know, not even just like the loss of like life, which of course is like huge and really substantial, but just like the loss of things like having a classroom to go to or walking across the stage at graduation and things like that. Um, So, what do you kind of feel like God has given you just as like something to hold on to, like during all of this, like something just comforting um, to remember like in that face of that paralyzing fear.
1: Yeah. I think um, something God gives all of us, of course, is, is scripture. And I think Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've had to kind of go back to that. And um, I, you know, I've often found comfort in scripture in the past, but I had to really like kind of look through and be like, You know what, I I have to believe this now. You know? (laughs) And um I think one uh part of the Bible that was really easy for me to feel that way about was Psalms, because Mm -hmm. I think um we can all relate to David. And if uh if you don't know who David was, he is um in the Bible and he he was a man just like you and I in the way that he uh he struggled with fear, he struggled with pain, he struggled with Mm -hmm. not feeling close to God. Um and he would tell God that, and he would cry out. And, um, but in the end, at the end of the day, David often gave us this guidance that, um, no matter what was going on in his life, he understood that, that God was the end. God was the, 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 the infinite thing that would be there for him. Um, and so, also with Psalms, I think what's cool is that you can speak them over yourself. You can speak them to others. And I think Scripture's is uh, very powerful when it's spoken. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read uh, Psalms 46 and then a, a part of uh, Psalms 56 as well. Uh, so Psalms 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Psalms 56, three through four says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you in God, whose word I praise in God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So I, d- I like these verses because, mm-hmm. um, David just kind of had a perspective that literally the world could be falling apart, but he would still find refuge in God. And, and just the idea that he was trusting in a God of the universe that, um, pandemics were not new to this God. Mm -hmm. Pandemics are not new to this God. (laughs) They're not, uh, sickness and and disaster are not new to our God. Um, and so I think we can be, we can be confident in the fact that that God has not abandoned us in this. And so that's what I really, I found a lot of, of comfort and hope in that.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's honestly like at the end of the day, the number one thing we can go back to like is scripture and the word of God. Like, Mm. It's something that I have also felt a lot of comfort in, and it's actually really cool because just today I was reading this news article um, that was talking about Google searches during the pandemic, and one of the things that uh, was exponentially looked up way more than previously was a handful of Bible verses, actually, and one of the big ones on, um, if you've heard of BibleGateway.com, it's just kind of this, like, popular generic site that just If you look up a Bible verse, it's probably the first website that's going to pop up. And uh, their search for 2 Timothy 1 through 7 um, actually was researched uh, 500% more than it had been before the pandemic. Wow. And uh, that verse says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Which first off is just like a super good word. Yeah. But also just really encouraging to know that like in the face of all of this, like, negativity and just like what seems like a really scary time like there are people that are seeking out god and seeking out god's wisdom and god's knowledge you know like maybe for the first time in years because like of this you know not that i'm grateful that any of this has happened of course but it's just really cool to see um like how the bible is um like providing comfort for so many people
1: for sure Mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh, so for, uh, probably most of the people listening, they might not know this, but our dear friend Antonio actually had COVID-19, um, about a month back. I did. Um, and, uh, thankfully he's alive and kicking and still breathing here today, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just love if you could just kind of share with us a little bit, like of what your experience was like having that.
1: Yeah. So, um, I like, um, when I tested positive, obviously my, my first reaction was just, you know a a plethora of just mm-hmm. scenarios and things I had to do and steps I had to take to be safe after that point just like kind of overwhelmed me and um I think the biggest thing I felt was just this kind of um realization that like uh kind of that it you know it was real it it mm-hmm. was happening to me um and and I think uh there was like there's a lot of people um, not a lot of people, but they're like I have a lot of roommates. Um and there were some people that I had seen the weekend before. Mm-hmm. I had tested positive. And so there were people that I had to tell about it that I was, you know, kind of turning their life upside down for that short right. amount of time <laughs> of a potential exposure. And and that was uh really I felt a lot of guilt about that because I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, this the way I had I'd been living was maybe not the safest or um mm-hmm. any of along those lines. Um But I also just knew that, uh, you know, the people I had come in contact with were also taking a risk. Um, You know, all those Mm -hmm. scenarios played out in my mind. Um, um, And um, and the reality is that, you know, God really blessed those around me with good health afterwards. And he blessed me with a really mild case, luckily. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't experience any, um, serious complications from it. Um, but just during the time of having it, I, I also just started feeling a lot more kind of sympathy and understanding for like how serious it is and how, um, how much like, uh, of an issue it is not just to like uh, have this sickness, but also just to stop your life for this, this period of time for everybody has been yeah. really hard, like to just not get, not be able to go into work or something for that period of time. And I was luckily, um, not super, super financially affected or, um, mm-hmm. luckily my schoolwork could be done online, um, by it, but I know like that's not the situation for most people. And so, um, I just, um, God kind of humbled me in that for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was, that was really interesting to experience. And I just have a lot more sympathy and care and just, um, kind of just heart for, um, heart for that now, I guess I would say.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. And it's really true too. Like you, it's definitely a lot easier for us to like talk about it as this abstract thing until Mm. like we personally experience it for sure. Um, I was one of those people that was around Antonio the (laughs) weekend that he found out he was positive and yeah, just thankfully, you know, obviously like those of us that were right around him, like we got tested, thankfully we were negative, but that was kind of my like closest call so far too, was, um, that experience and that kind of gravity of like, Oh shoot. Like is this about to like actually be a thing? Like, are we all about to go down? Like, is, <laughs> like, you know, is this about to get like even more real? And so I'm, I'm really, really thankful and grateful that that didn't happen, but um, it's just, it, it definitely kind of changes like your perspective also on like how to go about it going forward as well. And so with that, I'm really curious uh, what have you maybe found that your personal response to COVID-19 is um, either due to you having it or just like your general mindset about it?
1: Yeah. I think, I think my personal response is, um, has, has been changing, um, mm-hmm. somewhat, but I think like the most important part is like exactly what you said, you know, at the end of the day, it's a personal response. It's mm-hmm. a, it starts on a personal level. And I think the, the Bible calls us to that. The, you know, the Bible calls us to personal responsibility, um, yeah. in that way. Uh, but I think something we've seen with COVID, like it's very clear is Mm -hmm. the government stepping in obviously um, when something this massive of a scale of kind of a disaster happens, you know, in how our world is set up today, the government is who comes into play Mm -hmm. in the biggest role. And so that's been really interesting to see. And so I think that's been the biggest uh, kind of reaction of personal response, you know, is Mm -hmm. all this new government um, intervention into our lives in a way Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, The government has been intervening in our lives in ways before, but this Mm -hmm. has become more, you know, tactile. And so I think what's been hard in the personal response is like um, kind of understanding how to follow these, these health ordinances, how to follow you know, mandates, um, requirements, uh, things like that, um, on things that seem so normal and so good in our lives, like community and meeting together and eating together and Mm -hmm, things like that. mm -hmm. So it can be really easy to kind of want to, uh, resist them and, and, and like, like I said earlier, at the end of the day, it, it is a personal, it's a personal response and it's a, um, like it's your family, your community's response to it. Um, that's really important, but I think the Bible gives us some guidance on it as well. In Romans 13, um, when Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, he says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except for that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword with, for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Mm. So, some of that verse can be kind of frightening the <laughs> idea of um, kind of like the the government wielding a sword to, uh, strike us down. Um, but I think, uh, kind of Paul's intention with that in my interpretation is just like that, you know, the government does wield this power for a reason, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that, uh, there's some order to the world that God has given us and, Mm -hmm. um, it takes the form of government often. Um, and, and so like my personal response is kind of just understanding, That like when governments are making decisions, I I try my best to just believe that they're doing it um, in the best intentions. They're, you know, they're trying to protect the most people. They're trying to protect the health of the citizens, especially um, at the community level, at the local level. And so I try my best um, to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, and assume Mm -hmm. and assume that the ordinances and mandates are with good intention. And so I try to follow them because of that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, and yeah, I didn't even think about it. Like as I was saying it, your your comment at the beginning about like a personal response is that um, this really is going to look different. I think for a lot of people, like there are people in communities where they're one of like ten people. You know, it's it's just them and their family. They're not around anyone else. Versus people that are maybe still working in huge cities and they're around hundreds and hundreds of people every single week. And so keeping that. Um, just like in the back of your mind is really, really true. Um, but I, I think it's true that there's, um, just like a lot of new, um, like authority. It almost feels like that the government is carrying just all these different ordinances that they've like always had the power to do, but we've just never been in a situation, you know, where they've had to. And to be transparent, I know that like submitting to those government authorities was something that I really struggled with at first. And not even from like a disinterest in protecting others or anything like that, but more so I am inherently an optimist. And so from the beginning, I've been like, oh, this will, by May, this won't even be a thing anymore. Like I thought I was still going to walk across the stage of graduation. Um, like we joke about that time that for three weeks, the world fell apart and that was it. Um, and obviously like, it's still a real thing that's happening. And so um, I've had to face a lot of that honestly, like denial that I was living in, that this was a serious issue. Um, and kind of the the first time really recently that I've had to like stand and, and just like face what I was feeling, um, especially towards like these health ordinances, um, was this past Thanksgiving, I went home and home for me is South Florida. That's where my parents live and my siblings live, grandparents, all of that. And I was really excited about it. I like didn't even think anything of it other than like Cool. I'm gonna go home. I'm supposed to wear a mask. I'm on the plane. Like that's that's the end of it. Um, And I actually uh, had a conversation with a couple of friends of mine who were really confused. And they were like, "Okay, are you are you gonna get tested before you get on the plane?" And I was like, "No. Why would I do that?" Um, And they're like, "Well, what if you're asymptomatic? Like, what if you're about to go get into this airport that has..." you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people coming through it this weekend. And you just like left your COVID germs everywhere. And I, honestly, I didn't want to get tested because to me, I was more afraid of the possibility of me coming back positive and me having to lose another thing, being home for Thanksgiving of honestly me having to be quarantined because I'm very much an extrovert and I did not want to be stuck away from people. (laughs) Um, and I, like, I had to make the decision to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm really scared of this, but I went and got tested anyway, because it wasn't about me. It was about, like my personal response had to look like me protecting other people and Mm. had to look like me um, having like a heart bigger than my own denial or grief or fear. Um, And thankfully I was negative and I could still go home and everything was nice and safe and I didn't catch COVID, but um, that like ended up being in the moment, like what I needed to do to love people well. And uh, so I'm, you know, thinking about that, like how do you feel like you have to love people well right now? Like, what do you think it looks like for you to love people during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, I think loving people well um, during the pandemic, you know, I think it it changes a bit, but like the bottom line, you know, is still serving others and, you know, putting them before ourselves. And I think that's like really clear throughout the Bible and that's really clear throughout how Jesus lived his life, you know, mm-hmm. it was always others' focus and that's so inspiring. I and mean, that's also really hard to apply to right now in a time where it feels like we can't be around others. Yeah. Um, and so something that I've seen really cool that I've been really like just inspired by is just the church stepping up in in generosity and serving and mm-hmm. um and I think like, you know, financially supporting people is one way that we're just like seeing um, seeing giving increase in some Mm -hmm. ways. And, um, I think that's incredible because I think it's such a a real way to, Mm -hmm. um, to show love to others is to support them financially because, um, people are more in need now than ever. And, you know, the church was always called to meet the needs of the, the poor and, and the, the outcasts in that way. Um, and so, uh, I like, I also think, you know, we are called to, care for others and to serve them. And I think, um, caring for others looks a little bit different now during the pandemic, um, because, you know, I think we have to keep in mind what the, you know, the safest way to do something is to keep in mind the, the, the health of our members of our community, Mm -hmm. whatever community, you know, you're a part of just considering like, um, if the safest way to meet is like virtually or socially distant, um, with masks or however it looks, um just, like, being ready and willing to adjust to that because, you know, caring for others can be understanding, like, how you can keep them safe and healthy as well. I think that's a way to show mm-hmm. show love, um, and it can feel hard to do that, but I still think, like, um, there's opportunity for connection, um, and and, like, I think I've seen... Um, I've seen some communities even grow closer during this time, um, Mm -hmm. just because of our reliance on other people, the realization that, you know, we need, we need people in our life. You know, when we didn't see someone, when, when the first person you saw was the grocery store cashier after a month, (laughs) other than your family member, you Mm -hmm. were like, wow, I need people in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been cool to see that realization. Um, but you know, finding the, the safest way, I guess, to do community ha- has been a struggle, but I think it's, it's a way we, we love others well.
0: Yeah, that's really, really true. Um, and that's, uh, just like really encouraging that to you, you're like, man, like the best way I can love people right now is like keeping them safe and healthy. Like what I can do, f- like my personal response looks like protecting like other people and their personal responses as well. Um, and I know for myself, just thinking about how to love people best, I've been going um, back to the Church of Acts uh, a whole lot, and I've been reading, especially in Acts two, um, it just talks about like what what the church should look like. And in acts two forty two through forty seven, um, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Mm, that's good. And so, yeah, I think it's cool because, you know, the first part of it, it talks about what you were talking about, about that giving financially, about selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need um, and how that's a big part of it. And I know for me, um, like the best way that I felt to love people has been like coming together as a people, which I know sounds really difficult and is just like one of almost the hardest things to do right now. Um, but I, I think reading about the Axe Church, it really covers like a holistic call of what like that good biblical citizenship we were talking about looks like. Um, and that also, you know, I've seen a lot of fruit come from our church still meeting during this time. Um, you know, from that breaking bread together, from worshiping together and just like believing in God's grace, you know, it's, it's honestly felt like one of the most fruitful times in our ministry of people really stepping up and being like, man, like there's a role for me to play right now or. Um, like you were saying, people realizing like, oh man, I have this need for people. Like I need community. I need to rely on others. Like I can't do this alone. Like God doesn't want me to do this alone. Hmm. And so I felt personally that the best way to love people has been to be, be with them. Sounds weird, but I guess just like be a part of their lives as much as they want me to be. And as much as I can be and, um, really just like provide that opportunity to, um, have community, to break bread with them. Um, and that's just that's just felt really vital during this time.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And like you, like you said, just that realization that we need people, I think goes perfectly with just kind of a shift that we're seeing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in just the midst of a pandemic, like a lot of people I know and personally just are encountering God like never before. And and, and it it's interesting to see like the mission of the shift itself play out and just bringing kingdom perspective to life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and seeing like communities grow closer and finding new ways to meet and finding new ways to support each other, Mm -hmm. um, I think is just super encouraging. And like, um, I just, I, I feel like I have more hope now for a a spiritual Mm -hmm. just revival and just kind of like a a culture change, um, through this pandemic, we've already seen it. And, and afterwards as well, um, I just really have a kind of an an encouraging hope in that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and I think, um, seeing just the kingdom every day is what brings that hope. And I think, uh, one part of the Bible that really gives a good, like example of that is when, um, in the same verse that we talked about earlier, um, Romans 13, um, when Paul is kind of in his own personal quarantine, um, (laughs) he's in in jail prison. Yeah. Um, uh, and he just gives us kind of a reminder that the, the kingdom is here and, and we get to be a part of it. And so mm-hmm. in Romans 13, 11 through 12, he says, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light.
0: Mm, that's so good. And that's just so cool that he, like was writing that wall in jail. Mm. Like he, and he was also talking about how important the government was while he was imprisoned (laughs) by them. Um, but it's, it's just really cool that he like got to that point of realization of like, you know, man, this is awful. Like no one is excited about being, uh, you know, imprisoned and really just like the lowest of the low, like is, is kind of what you're seeing when you're in that situation. Um, but that he still, he saw the light and was like, man, no, like God is still coming and God, God has already come is here and will continue to come. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can kind of sink our teeth into during all of this is that like Jesus is still Jesus. God is still God. Like he's still on his throne, mm-hmm. like even in the face of uh, fear and grief and denial and uncertainty and anxiety. Like there's never been a time that God hasn't known what's coming next and isn't still protecting us in all of this. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just really appreciative, Antonio, that you were just willing to come on here and chat with us and uh, just like be really vulnerable with us about like your fears and your experiences with it. And um, I think this conversation was really impactful, you know, just for me at the end of the day, if not for anyone else listening.
1: Yeah, it was my pleasure. I I appreciate um, just the perspective you brought to it as Mm. well. I I learned something new as (laughs) always, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. This was super fun, um, especially just have a conversation with a friend. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great day. Bye. Bye. We've really loved having a chance to share our thoughts and passions with you today about COVID-19. Tune in next Tuesday at 5 p.m. and hear us break down and discuss New Year's New Me and our thoughts on that. Want to recommend a topic for us to talk about next? Reach out to us on Instagram at underscore the shift.